You're listening to the Christ Church Toronto podcast, a recording of the Sunday sermons from Christ Church Toronto. Christ Church Toronto is a new church in Toronto's East End that seeks to practice the ancient Christian faith today. We would love for you to join us in the future, but until then, please turn your attention to the scripture reading. The scripture reading this morning is from Luke chapter 19, verses 28 to 48. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away and found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, the owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode away, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace? But now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. And they entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple, and the chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people who were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. This is the word of the Lord for our church, and it is given for our good. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. Good morning, Christchurch Toronto. My name is Graham Allen. I'm the pastoral resident here at the church. And before I begin this morning, let us pray together. Our great Lord, we enter this time believing that you speak to us through your word. So allow us to hear your message this morning. May your spirit be with us. May we be amazed and rejoice at the wonder of these truths in your word as we come to see you, Jesus Christ, as the true King. We pray in your wonderful name. Amen. Well, a number of years ago, the acronym FOMO became popular, especially on social media, as a way of expressing regret or anxiety over missing out on something. If you don't know, FOMO stands for fear of missing out. 
and it became relevant in describing the feeling of those who were excited or interested in an event that was happening elsewhere that they could not attend. Now, although this term wasn't around many years ago, I felt FOMO as my country, South Africa, hosted the 2010 Soccer World Cup, one of the biggest organized events in the world, and I found myself on a gap year in the United Kingdom. And so I watched the games on TV, jealous of family members and friends back in South Africa who were at these games and in the fan parks around the country, interacting with the hundreds of thousands of tourists who had visited from all over the world. You see, FOMO comes with a realization that there is something going on that we want to be a part of, but cannot be. And I'm sure it's a good description of the way that many of us are feeling right now, stuck under a lockdown and we look elsewhere in the world, we see places with less restrictions, more freedom uh, than we have here in Toronto. Uh, people who are able to travel, to visit family and even to go to church. The truth is, we are missing out. But these things that I've mentioned and generally all events in places that people uh, actually feel FOMO for, all of these things, they pale in comparison to what Jesus, what Jesus weeps over Jerusalem missing out on in our passage this morning. You see, they are missing out. They don't understand. They don't accept. But they are missing out. And so what we see amongst these verses in Luke chapter 19 is Jesus' lamentation for those who are missing out on what he is doing at that very moment, he is announcing himself as their king, as their Messiah, the Christ, God living on earth. But they are not just missing out because they are not there. They are missing out because they don't believe that what he is doing is true. They reject the very notion that he is the Christ. And so his lamentation is followed by a warning. And it is a warning that is just as relevant for us as it was for Jerusalem in that day. It's one that we need to take seriously. And so it is this. If there is anything that you are going to be missing out on, make sure that it is not this. And so as we read and focus on this passage this Palm Sunday morning, there's a very real chance that we are missing out on what is truly happening in this passage and if we do so it will be detrimental to our lives there is something that Jesus is doing here that we should fear and missing out on and so there are two things that I would like to look at this morning and the first is what we might be missing out on we will explore that a little bit further and secondly we will look at why we can't afford to miss out on this and so let's look in more detail what we might be missing out on. And so the very real thing that we might be missing out on is the realization of the kingship of Jesus in our lives. It is this failure, especially among the religious leaders and the people of Jerusalem at this time, that drove Jesus to tears in verse 41. He wept. And as he explains in verse 42, the actions of this day, what he was achieving at this very moment, were the means for, for beginning to bring about peace. This 
entrance into Jerusalem, this triumphal entry, it was to be Jesus' public coronation as king over God's people. But because it was such a humble event, upside down in nature, compared to a normal uh, royal coronation, this event was not given much attention, let alone believed to be true. You see, it's not a coronation of royal standards, and this is why his kingship was missed out on. There were no extravagant crowns or jewels or fancy clothing or big announcements. There was no chariots drawn uh, as a victorious war general would have had. There were no plundered treasures or captured enemies to put on show. No, this was a humble man in fairly normal attire for that particular time on the back of a humble donkey. Nothing more than a crowd of followers laying palm leaves and cloaks on the ground before him as he journeyed into the city. It was the humblest of coronations. But it was a coronation, one foreseen by the Old Testament scripture. It was a coronation that brought fulfillment to many prophecies uh, from the place where they were at, which was the Mount of Olives, Zechariah 14, to his mode of transport, which was riding on a donkey from Zechariah 9, and even the palm leaves and the cloaks being laid down, all having symbolism of a royal coronation that comes from the book of 2 Kings. And even with all of these signs from scripture and with their abundance of scriptural knowledge, the religious leaders of this time, they missed what was happening right in front of them. As Jesus' followers in verse 38 rejoice and sing praises to him, worshipping him as the king, as the one who has come by God's authority, they are ordered to stop. And Jesus is told to rebuke his followers. Notice that the religious leaders address Jesus as teacher, stark contrast to the title of king that his followers have been praising him with. They completely miss out on Jesus' kingship. And so let me ask, what happens when we miss out on the kingship of Jesus? Well, quite naturally, our lives begin to look like they are kingless. I recently read a biography on a pioneering pastor and missionary Jack Miller in the 20th century. And one story from his life really acted as a wake-up call for me as I read this book. Upon returning from a mission trip to Uganda, Jack's wife, Rosemary, broke down in tears, fearing that she didn't love the Ugandan people enough and that there must be something wrong with her. Jack's response was fairly abrupt. He said this, Sometimes you act like an orphan, as though there was no Holy Spirit to help you. Now these words were implying that Rosemary didn't truly realize the benefits of living with God as a father and that she was missing out on the true blessing of a divine fatherhood. And so while the context may be a little bit different, I couldn't help but ask myself and even somewhat accuse myself during the preparation of this message by asking this question. Do I live as though I'm kingless? And maybe you can ask it to yourselves. Do you live as though you are kingless. Some more practical examples of this is living a life uh, where Christ is the sole object of your adoration and your worship, 
Or maybe there are other things that vie for and often steal this attention and this worship from Christ. Do you live a life that lives obediently under His ruling? Or are you consistently finding yourself uh, more and more with a lack of respect for not only Christ's authority, but uh, no sense of biblical moral standard? You see, it's so easy to identify as a Christian. It's so easy to be part of a church, yet live a kingless life. It's a life that misses out on who Jesus really is. It's a life that fails to realize and experience the benefits of living in His kingdom under His rule and under His protection. It's a life that experiences FOMO, fear of missing out, missing out on sports events or concerts or conferences, family trips, rather than having a true fear of missing out on a life that is lived without Jesus as King. And so let's dig a little bit deeper into why we cannot afford to miss out on these things. What will it mean for our lives should we continue to live in a way that is kingless? Well, although the Old Testament prophesies of many Jews rejecting Jesus as Messiah, it is still with great sorrow that Jesus reflects on their rejection. You see, they have missed out on this coming of peace that he is bringing this day. They are missing out on the arrival of a way to salvation, the only way to salvation. And so having lamented at the state of Jerusalem's unbelief, Jesus issues a judgment upon them. I'm reading from verse 43 and 44 from our passage from Luke chapter 19. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Now what Jesus is doing here is he is using Old Testament references from Scripture to describe the destruction that was to come upon Jerusalem decades later in AD 70 at the hands of the Romans. It came about because of their failure to recognize the kingship of Jesus. And so condemnation and destruction were to come upon those who were opposed to him. Now this is a result that might have been avoided had they lived under the protection offered by the divine kingship of Jesus. You see, for those living a kingless life, a similar fate awaits. To be opposed to Christ during this time on earth, right now where we are, to reject him as king in your life, brings an eternity of condemnation as a result of living and dying in a state of sin. It is a message proclaimed throughout all of Scripture. And this is why we cannot afford to miss out on the realization of this kingship. Because it means that we miss out on the peace that he was bringing. We miss out on the only way to salvation from the destructive power of sin in our lives and the effects that that brings. As the divine king, Jesus had the right and the authority to judge all. And a judgment day is promised to all. 
The warning is not to be on the wrong side of his judgment. For surely as Jerusalem fell to destruction, the one who is condemned shall fall into a similar state for all of eternity. But with this warning comes a message of hope. As Jesus says in verse 42, that what he was doing was bringing peace. He was bringing at that moment the kingdom of God to this earth, making a way clear for the salvation of his people. And this way of salvation would take fuller shape over the next week of Jesus' life. Our passage this morning ends with uh, verses 45 to 48, describing how uh, Jesus makes his way to the temple, cleansing it of those who had turned it into a marketplace. Now this is symbolizing the ultimate, uh, greater cleansing that Jesus was to initiate and bring to this earth. A cleansing of sin for those whose faith is in Him. And further on in the book of Luke, and I'm sure we'll cover it next week in our Easter service, once the religious leaders had enough to accuse and sentence Him uh, on a cross, Jesus went to that cross. He died upon it as king, taking the burden and penalty of man's sin to death and, of course, rising victorious three days later. After 40 days on this earth, he ascended to heaven to take his rightful place at the right hand of the Father and assume the role of king to all who would submit to his ruling. And so... With this warning in mind, the opportunity is before us this morning. This Palm Sunday morning as we celebrate the coronation, as humble as it was, of King Jesus. And so my encouragement to you this morning is to make him king today. Submit to his kingship. Stop living a kingless life. Submit to his ruling authority Strive to obedience under his rule and find your joy in your worship of him and your rest in the protection from sin and condemnation that he has come to give. And as we do this, the FOMO will slip away. The regret and the anxiety of missing out on earthly events that we cherish will be gone from our minds as we know that we have all that we need. We belong to a kingdom and to a king. We are no longer kingless. Our identity is shaped and secured by Christ. We are not missing out. He is our king. He is worthy of worship and he has secured for us his people protection and rest as we submit ourselves to his kingship. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to the Christchurch Toronto podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit our website at ChristChurchToronto.ca or email us at info at ChristChurchToronto.ca.